Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In today's episode, Keithy chats with Nicholas Sandin of Catatonia. Their new album, Sky Void of Stars, is out January 20th. How are you doing, Nicholas? I'm doing great. I just uh, come back from a rehearsal session with the band, and we're uh, getting ready to get out of on, on our next tour. Yes, fantastic. I think you guys are kicking off a tour as we record this today within a few weeks with Souls to Fear, another amazing band that we are huge fans of. Obviously, we're here to talk about the brand new Catatonia record, Sky Void of Stars, coming out on Napalm Records on January 20th. And you're so exciting. I just saw the band on the last tour. I know the world is has been upside down, so it's been difficult to kind of do things, you know, uh, do the tour for the last album right on the heels of the new one coming out. Obviously, you could not have foreseen this, but the band looked great, sounded great. I, I saw the band in San Francisco, so one of the last U.S. shows of the last tour last year. So very exciting new year for the band. Awesome. I'm pretty stoked. You know, you've been in the band almost you know, 14, 15 years, and the band in general has always been so consistent and just, you know, put out, you know, basically until you got interrupted by the world, a new record every couple of years, every two, three years with a lot of touring in between. I'm sure it must have been challenging to not be able to tour behind City Burials. Oh, yeah, definitely a challenge. Uh, basically, it was a big mental mental challenge because we, uh, we just did the hiatus. I think it was in 2018, just to recharge the batteries since... Catatonia, just as you explained, has been an ongoing entity, um, a force that hasn't really stopped since uh, Jonas and Anders started the band. So it was due time to take a break. And then when we finally had recharged the batteries and recorded an album, I was ready to hit another a new touring cycle. The pandemic came. So it was kind of like a weird, weird, weird kind of uh, you know, uh, situation for us. And, uh, and we, it, it was mentally very challenging to know that you had this uh, gem of a record and we couldn't really promote it and play it for, go out and play it for the fans. It was very demoralizing. I can imagine. And, uh, and again, I appreciate the perseverance of every band as well as a lot of bands that couldn't work at all during the last few years and just felt uncreative or like this, the business, is very difficult. It's hard to get merch made, vinyl shortages, things like that. But also, you know, you also chose not to delay city burials. Obviously, we couldn't know how bad this was going to all be. But, uh, you know, we were literally a month and change into a global shutdown when city burials came out. I just want to talk for a second about that record because I, th I think it's a, a great record. And it kind of, you know, I think just like every band that put out a record in 2020, it's it's you know it's in a weird you know it's encased in amber in my mind like this record was helped me get through a bad time I helped the whole world get through a bad time to have this music so thank you but also you know it's a lot of bands pulled their records and were like well I don't want to put a record out we can't go on tour nobody knew how long it was going to last a lot of uncertainty for the first time in many people's music careers yeah definitely and it was uh, for for the kind of like to make us stay somewhat sane as well because it would have been another kind of uh, you know blowback if we wouldn't have released the record and if we would have uh, 
made that decision because that was what we wanted as well. We wanted to have the music released and to have it out there, you know, and it, it, it was kind of like having, having it released for the audience was as much support, supportive and supporting for, uh, for, for the audience as it was a huge crutch for us because, uh, because that was something that we wanted to do and something that we had worked hard for, you know, to meet that deadline as well. So it would have been even more demoralizing to uh, have postponed it. And I think actually it became this uh, good and, you know, positive thing for, for us as well in terms of strategy, because then we could start to book festivals that would later on of course be postponed twice but at least we had uh, you know our foot in to some gigs in the future instead of just waiting around and then you know losing that kind of slot it's kind of like uh, if you see see gigs and festivals like, fest- like like flights at airports if you don't if you don't fly enough you're gonna lose your slot you know you have to be be, be consistent and I think that that's what happened when, when we decided to release it instead of postponing it. Right and that's another very good point and I don't think fans I know it was very frustrating and, and we'll move forward in one second I promise but I think it's very interesting you know I try to tell fans here in the states you know tours why announce a tour at all if it might get cancelled I mean any tour right now could get cancelled even if the pandemic hadn't happened because there are other factors right now in the world economic factors and things and some bands from here are having trouble going over to europe and completing a tour or they're scared right um to get overseas and then have you know one calamity one cancelled show could throw the whole tour but also at the same time you have to book tours and you have to book these festivals to just hold the time you have to hold the venues you have to plan you know you have to hold the festival grounds so we can have a thing, we can have things to look forward to. So I try to tell people, you know, just be patient. Things are gonna even out eventually. I don't know if it'll be in 2023. I'm cautiously optimistic as a person that goes to a lot of concerts and festivals. I was so happy to go see the, you know, my first shows back. I was so, you know, just feel honored to go see every show right now. So I got to see Catatonia just recently here in San Francisco at Great American Music Hall. And it was a wonderful show, it was a sellout show. It was packed and uh, it was really terrific. And uh, you guys played a couple of new songs, which surprised me because we live in an age where everybody's recording on their phones. But I think the video for the for one of the singles came out like the next day. So I feel like, ah, you know, who's going to spoil it? And um, <laughs> it was great. It was a great show. And now we have this new record. So uh, the, I wanted to kind of fast forward to Sky Void of Stars and ask if the etched, you know, obviously you could not know when, you know, you know, generally plan when a record could come out, but did the did you have extra time to work on the material, or did you take the same amount of catatonia time to make this record? It was pretty much uh, maybe perhaps it was a little bit more extra time, of course, because we had uh, we had lots of uh, free free time, if you would like to call it that, during the pandemic, but uh, but it felt kind of like in the process of uh, when when songs were initially started to be written and when we got presented with material, it felt kind of like the regular process of, uh, of making an Catatoni album. You know, Jonas, uh, nowadays he's writing all the material um, and uh, 
that's just how it uh, happened to be the, the last couple of years. And uh, and then he kind of presented it to us. He writes it back at his home studio and kind of completes these shells of songs. And then uh, and then we get to hear it either either by by him sending it to us or actually now it was more kind of like by at the pleasure of the being like hearing the material the first time at the rehearsal studio over a glass of red wine, you know that was quite quite unique for this for this uh, time. But otherwise, it's been quite kind of like the same procedure. That sounds lovely. I want to listen to brand new songs from the band and have a glass of red wine. Um, do you then get a chance after you know to to workshop the material? Do you have an opportunity to kind of put your own stamp? Because I, th- I feel like you have a very good distinctive bass sound and style. So I, I feel like obviously Catatonia always sounds like Catatonia, but do you have uh, the chance to come in and suggest things or play things your own way? I do have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to to, to point out uh, like passages and uh, places where I feel that I can come in and improve the song and uh, where, where, where I can... Uh, Put my flavor and my taste uh, in, and and that that that's kind of like in those just small, like crucial kind of uh, places where I really feel that I that I want want to do it because mostly, like for ninety five percent, it's I I think it's some it it's better than what I would have been able to write. You know, so it's not that I'm coming in with a big ego and trying to. Uh, you know, put something there just because of being able to say that I've contributing contributed this much to the record. So it's, it's when when I feel that I have something better to bring to the table, then I bring it up with Jonas and discuss it. And most often, it actually is during the recording process. So it's there when I mostly present all of those things. And either it's good that he likes it and then he welcomes it or he thinks it's uh, less good and then we just uh, you know shoot it down it's uh, it's as easy as that so uh, but, but but yeah definitely he's uh, open ears to to everyone and if they have any suggestions uh, on their part you know he welcomes it and that's kind of like why he has surrounded himself with us because he knows that we can bring something to the table and that we are accomplished musicians in our field you know so and that, and that feels good it it makes it more feel more like a band kind of like a band situation and a band effort because of that nice i do feel by comparison to city burials this is a, a much more up-tempo record sky void of stars it feels like there's a lot uh, a little more bounce and groove to the record uh, and I feel like, uh, you know, the last record was a, l- a little more typically downbeat. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think I think that this record has a quicker momentum, quicker flow through the songs. And mm. it's more kind of like a more kind of like a standard rock or pop album in that way. It's not as much like there. there's no interludes or weird stuff or like electronic, like totally 100 percent electronic songs thrown in there that kind of uh, throws you off the kind of like the main course, even though that's cool and that really works on City Burials. But yeah, I think this is more kind of like a, a regular kind of format of a record, if you would, if you'd like. 
a strong, typical Catatonia record. Uh, you had a great guest performance. It's probably one of my favorite tracks on the whole record. Is Impermanence featuring Joel from Sowens, a countryman. Uh, what's it like having a guest come in? Catatonia doesn't often have a lot of guests come into their record, so I, it was a real treat to hear another voice come in and contrast. Yeah, we, we had a few guests. Uh, it's been uh, mostly when uh, during my time in the band, and I think on uh, Dead and Kings we had Silje uh, from uh, The Gathering, and then on City Burials we also had Annie Bernard from uh, Full of Keys. And, and now, now it was time to have uh, have a male voice, you know, coming in and uh, and putting his uh, his color on our record. And I think that it was the perfect fit. I think I think it's a situation where his voice goes very well with Jonas, and it it kind of like it adds something new to the song, and he's kind of like his phrasing of the singing as well. So it, uh, it they, they are not day and night in terms of how they sound voice voice wise, but uh, but he still very much contributes to the song and makes it richer. That's awesome. I don't know if you. Uh, I love the new Sewin record. They took a, a new approach to some of their older material with a string orchestra and changed the tempos and did some covers. And I thought it was a real. A nice change of pace for a band that's been around a long time. And, and Catatonia has been a band for a very long time, you, you know, obviously even longer than you've been in the band. But you've had a very long run in the band now as, as a member. At this point, you know, like you said, uh, you know, Anders uh, and Jonas come in with the material or Jonas will write all the material. At this stage of your career, does is, is it feel like the band is still very exciting to you and and you get it you know it's like still new to you or uh, do you have to do things to keep it fresh for everybody i think for me it's very exciting uh, every time uh, there's a new album in the making i'm very very excited and i'm on my my toes you know because i never know what to expect and uh, and i think that Kelotuna is a band that kind of like it it has an evolution in uh, smaller steps you know so it's it's not like uh like that we all of a sudden have saxophones or like a big big russian choir or something in the background it's it's kind of like uh it it, it doesn't evolve too fast so it's always like you have the the core of Catatonia in the music and but but it's still at least for me uh playing playing the songs i, I think it's always that, that they always manage to keep it fresh in some in some way, and it's always uh, exciting to to sit down and uh, and learn new material as well. Nice. And then speaking of new material, with the tour on the horizon with Solstafir and Sam, what? How much new material will Catatonia add into a set list? Typically, as like I said, I just saw the band and you played at least two new songs. In a in a pretty long set over an hour, so I imagine it'll be about the same or more now. Oh yeah, uh, it, it it won't be as long since we're doing a head co-headline tour together with Solstafi, but it will still be a be a lengthy set, and we will throw in, of course, a few more from the upcoming album. And it was a great a, a great thing that we could uh, premiere some of the songs during the during that tour and i think that it's it 
it, it felt like it was kind of like a, a unique opportunity to be able to do that kind of tour right then right up to uh, a new record release since normally it's kind of like you you release the album and then you go on tour you know since this was the only like first last and only tour for city burials we got to like preview a few songs from the upcoming album which was great in uh, it was very well received but yeah we will uh, throw in uh, birds as well that we have now uh, that we have now um, premiered and there's a video track for it and and of course uh, a few few others so there will be a uh, lot of sky void of stars in there together with uh, the, some usual classics and some other uh, you know easter eggs right on i love to hear it nicholas sandin of catatonia thanks so much for hanging out with ghost cult sky void of stars is coming out january 20th on napalm records congratulations on the new record. Be safe and good luck on the tour. And we'll see you when you get back to the States as well. Thank you so much, Keith. And uh, let me say that uh, San Francisco was one of the greater, you know, uh, gigs on the tour. And it's a beautiful venue. It is a beautiful venue. I love that old building. That's a wonderful building. Yeah, I see, I've seen a lot of shows there, especially recently. Great times at Great American Music Hall. Nicholas, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have a good one. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace.